In a land far away, once upon a time, Brendan, Vicky B, partners in crime. We danced through life like, like a couple of gays. But as time went by, we went our separate ways. Now we're back together, talking about whatever. Talking about the music that, that we, we love forever. Hooking you up like a telephone jack. Everybody listen up, we're getting back on track. Hey everybody, and welcome back to Back on Track. Welcome back. It's been a summer of fun and sunshine and beaches and not getting to see each other. <laughs> I know, I know. It has been a long time, but I've missed you, Brandon. I know. You too, Vicky. That's right. I even forgot the intro. The intro. Well, what can you do? How are you guys doing? What are you doing with your summer vacation? I know. I just got back from a cruise. How was that? It was beautiful. I went to all the islands. I climbed a waterfall. I sat in the sun and I baked to a crisp. Wow. That's um, that's exciting. Yeah. What about you? Awesome. I've been bounced around all over the place. I've seen a lot of great concerts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I got to um, have, fulfill a lifelong dream. I got to see Dixie Chicks, <gasps> which was incredible. Obviously, Natalie Maines is an idol and a goddess and yeah, she's phenomenal. Famous. The sisters are also amazing and deserve their due, but nobody ever really remembers to talk about them. <laughs> um, right? I mean... Um, did they do a Prince tribute? Did they do a Prince they number? They did a Prince number with a tacky graphic on the yeah, wall behind yeah. them. <laughs> well, that's still nice of them. I appreciate yeah. the effort. It was, of course, the Sinead O'Connor, nothing, nothing compares to you. you. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, but Natalie's voice is incredible. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Um, so that was amazing. I was on the floor for that one. And there were just some great moments. Actually, just real quick, speaking of the visual, they had a really beautiful stage and tons of... Um, Every number for like, I'd say the first half of the show was all black and white. Their costumes were black and white. Oh, wow. And all the visual was black and white. And the stage was very simple, with but just a huge, huge LED wall behind them. Mm-hmm. So um, it was really stunning. Lots of graphic patterns, lots of interesting visual stuff happening. You think, you know, Dixie Chicks Country, you don't think that. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it had a lot of polish and sophistication. That's great. It's exciting. Yeah. That's great. So who else did you go see? So I saw them. I saw. Um, Indigo Girls in Central Park, which was obviously oh, just a blast. Wonderful. You know, um, were there a lot, lot of people there for that? A lot of people. I'd say I was probably on the younger end. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, you know, I've been going to see Indigo Girls concerts since I was like, I don't know, 10, 11 years old. Totally. Um, which. Wow, means like 20 years or so. That's crazy. That's wonderful, um, though. <laughs> that's that's a part of your life. Totally, totally part of my life. Um, and I love, I love having the moments um, with, you know, the random, you know, girls who were lesbians in college and then, <laughs> and then weren't anymore. And then all of the really awesome um, lesbians there. A lot of women. And then you get your, like, smattering of men. Yeah. Just like a little, is smattering a word? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Smattering, smattering, splattering. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Probably not know, all those things. Just a few men around, um, yeah. which is fun. I will say Amy and Emily are um, definitely getting a little slower in their age. Okay. Um, as happens, I'd say. Just I feel like every song that used to have a little bit of a of a beat to it and a little yeah. bit of a pace mm-hmm. felt a little like we're going to take it down down tempo, tempo. Mm-hmm. that's um, nice though for a peaceful day in the park it was and it was a free show in Central Park so you can't yeah. complain it was for amazing What's and the rush? oh my god gorgeous it was um it started pouring down rain uh-huh. and it's one of those moments where you know i was prepared with nothing on me uh-huh. and so i just got to like get soaking wet listening to folk music out in the rain and um it was incredible that sounds and like then paradise. the last concert yeah. that i also got to go to was i got to see really and truly uh the inspiration of my life dolly parton yeah 
in Forest Hills. And Dolly was, she lived up to every hope and dream I could have Did she had. really? Did she have a yeah. lot of stories? Oh and... my God. Tons of stories. It was a full two act show. No opener. You know, she did an intermission. I love that. Acts. I love that. Yeah. Very, you know, professional. This is what she must have played like 11 or 12 instruments. I oh, mean, great. It was really? Insane. Banjo yeah. and all that business? Oh my God. Dulcimer, banjo, flute, saxophone. Does she play guitar, the piano? Piano. Oh my goodness. She played everything. She's now, so I will under, say, under I had some shady friends there who thought that maybe um, she was uh, the instruments that she was playing some of them were tracked and she wasn't actually playing live which Mm -hmm. I don't know maybe true maybe not whatever fun nonetheless but it's a dream it's an experience that you get wrapped up in and it must have been just magical we were outside it was so magical she did every kind of song you would have wanted it was really the um, it was the epitome of summer and you know that's what today's episode is all about I mean not about Dolly Parton but about summer jams summer yeah and there's that special thing about you know listening to your favorite music in the summertime it's a magical time of year we're all free we're all naked we're all running around barefoot and dancing and there's sex and there's there's fun and excitement there's booze it's wonderful there's boys everywhere yeah so thanks for giving us an excuse to talk about it oh, I mean thank thank nature did you have <laughs> did you have um, a, a, an angle for this episode like songs featuring mm-hmm. summer in the title or songs that make you think about summer or songs yeah, that no I think this was all about you know just really anything that sort of comes to mind for summer and mm-hmm. I know that my picks today really run the gamut from sentimentality and um, and romance to um, heartbreak and sadness uh, to sort of chill out music. It's the whole thing. I think I'm going to cover all of it. Well, do you want to yeah. hit us over he- the head with your <laughs> your premiere pick? <laughs> this do you want to just bang us over the head oh, with it? Okay. Um, <laughs> sure. So I want to start with um, a track that I was recently introduced to this summer, and it's been really and truly my song of the summer, a little bit late because it came out um, a couple years ago. But it came to me when a friend, actually, this is such a social media moment, but a friend shared his Spotify playlist with me for the summer, and this was one of the tracks in it, and I was it was the most amazing, fun surprise. So this song is uh, from Duke Dumont and Jax Jones, I Got You. I'm so glad that you discovered this. I heard this on the radio and I didn't know who it was. Were you familiar with it before? Yeah, I had heard it on the radio and I was like, aren't they singing Whitney? I was like, I know that song. Yeah, of course. So... Yeah, yeah it, tell us about you it. You know, it's right. So same thing, right? I'm listening to this summer playlist. It's like island tropical music, and all of a sudden, this vocal comes in, and you're like, "Oh my god, bam! It's Whitney. My love is your love." Except it's not Whitney, right? It's Miss Kelly Lee. Kelly Lee. <laughs> The new vocals that she laid down. The riffs she got almost spot on. I mean, mean, it's eerie. Yeah. It's really eerie. You think that that's Whitney. I almost wonder if it was cheaper or easier for them to re-record as opposed to sampling that or like what the decision was. He Because it's so closely uh, uh, interpolated. Do you know what I'm saying? And is that the wrong word? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. know. It's so closely mimicked. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I wonder I what the story is behind that. I think it's probably what you just said. But never... Yeah, it's fascinating. It sounded like though. a studio session singer... Mock, you know, uh, covering 
Totally. Yeah. Well, it's so it feels very much within. Now, granted, this is two years ago. It was from his EP one in 2014. Yeah. Um, but it's still very much in the now style of this sort of like tropical dance that throws oh back to early 90s house. Almost. Yeah, it totally. Right? You know, that's the theme for today. Throwback for sure. There's mm-hmm. a lot of this sort of like chill house throwback that I think comes up. Yeah. In these well, songs. there's memories. Summer is a time to reminisce. Totally. And this one just feels like, oh my God, I remember. It makes me feel like that time when I was working on the cruise ship and just being on like a private island with a pina colada and uh, a nice breeze and 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 heaven i don't know it's this great you know laid back vibe yeah i was reading about this while i was researching it and and this duke dumont dude he basically said he just wanted to create a summer song um and he was working on it in the middle of the winter and he was saying that's how he takes himself out of the funk of winter is by writing a a spunky summer song and when he's had it in the summer he writes something cool and down tempo for the winter well and that's literally what happens in the video yeah so you watch the video yeah he receives the package so yeah is that is that duke dumont I don't know. I don't know. know Or if it's an actor. That's a good question. I haven't seen the guy. If you haven't seen the video, basically the guy ends up getting a package. He's it looks like he's in some sort of suburban, colder climate, probably England, because that's mm-hmm. where Duke Dumont's from. Um, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, he's and British. He's British, darling. Um, and and he gets this VR headset and he puts it on and then all of a sudden he's transported to this virtual tropical paradise and he's doing everything from swimming to walking on the beach to partying with, you know, naked people. Parasailing, <laughs> drinking. Parasailing, drinking. Yeah, um, slides everything I think the one weird thing to me it felt it felt weird it took me out of the moment it seemed immediately noticeable was the guy who receives the virtual reality headset at the start of the video is not white and when yeah. he puts on the virtual reality headset you're seeing the whole video from his perspective and so you're seeing his feet and his hands um, you're obviously not seeing his face but 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 in the in virtual world he's white yeah and I thought that was really odd I wasn't I just wasn't sure is this a commentary is it purposeful is it is it just happenstance it could be really ominous if it wasn't a conscious decision and if it even if it was a conscious decision um like a commentary could be an intelligent commentary or it could be just a really sort of a kind of a gross oversight yeah I'm saying I have to take another look at it a closer look at it and sort of figure out how I feel about it and I'm sure nobody else is reading into it that much but it just it immediately made me think of oh my gosh are they suggesting that like paradise in the summer is for white people yeah Well, can I? I've got an idea of Paradise for People. Okay. And it's, the soundtrack to the Paradise for People is this is my be all end all sort of summertime song. Like oh. The soundtrack that is playing in my Paradise scenario. Okay. And it's by DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince from their, it's the first single from their album Home Base from 1991. And the name of the song, you guessed it, is Summertime. In front of you with the light eyes. She turned around to see what you beeping at. It's like the summer's a natural aphrodisiac And with a pen and pad I compose this rhyme To hit you and to get you equipped for the summertime This 
is the quintessential track. Yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, it's everyone's sort of memory of, at least everyone our age, I think. Totally. Well, it's it's the first thing, when you suggested that we do this show, this is the first thing that I thought. And I think it, it, it sparks the, the memories for a lot of people because of the sampling. We're talking about sampling Summer Madness by Cool and the Gang from their album Light of Worlds in 1974. Uh, just a fun fact, it was also sampled in the song A Girl Like You by Aaliyah featuring Tretch from Naughty by Nature from Aaliyah in 1996. And there's also a live version of that song. Um, of which song? Of the song Summer Madness uh-huh. um, from the album Love and Understanding in 1976 that's featured on More Than Love by A. Marie. There's like a live production of this song that gets sampled on an A. Marie song. So there's all these different versions of this song and people are, are constantly reusing it. And there's also another song called Winter Sadness that's like a, a sequel to this song oh. that has a similar by sort whom? of... By Also by Cool and the Gang. That has a similar sort of construction but it's a little bit more down-tempo and it's a little bit more sad but I really do love how Summer Madness captures the sort of the, the heat and the sizzle with that like wheel that yeah. really like 70s disco slowed down feel and then they sample it for this hot song with a cool beat you know it was produced by Hula and K-Fingers um, back in the day and these guys I'll just have you know Will and Jeff were rap's first Grammy winners ever right with parents and, just don't understand right and then this song won a Grammy too yes it did yeah yeah. they really they were all over it yeah you know I guess I just I was so big into MC Hammer at the time mm-hmm. I don't know if I even really these guys were even on my radar I, I they were because it's in my nostalgia and I'm, I'm right. bringing it to you now but I guess they just slipped in there for me I didn't I wasn't a huge super fan of theirs and it's interesting because I mean wasn't a lot of their career also in response or that point in time a response to some of the like the the, the harder street rap Ooh, yeah. that was happening yeah Absolutely. I mean they were really taking a stance it on... was totally yeah it was totally positive it was totally party music and I appreciate also that uh, you know DJ Jazzy Def, Jeff is Philly based I don't know if, if is um is Will also Philly based I'd always too? heard him to be yeah, yeah yeah so that was that was also really cool you know we've got a lot of East Coast West Coast New York LA type of action it was nice to hear from somebody else what um, um what what is Jeff doing now you know? I don't know. I, he's released some solo albums. He's still producing. Does he use jazzy and, and tracks? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I don't know too much about him though, and we all know what Will Smith is doing. He's become a gigantic film star. Um, Suicide Squad is coming out this summer. Yeah, um, yeah. So a sort of um, I don't know. It's like a superhero movie, and they're yeah, all villains. Yeah. No, I was gonna say you know something sort of scandalous right but he's like kind of a silent Scientologist yeah which is fascinating totally that's a whole nother podcast you know what's fascinating though is that so many people who are are very proud to talk about it and I feel Mm -hmm. like he's been linked to it and not denied it but also not commented so it's just interesting yeah yeah well you've got your Kirstie Alley's and you've got your Will Smith's (laughs) um anyway just interesting. Do you want to hit me up with whatever your next one oh is? Oh my gosh. What is it going to be? What's it going to be? Um, yeah. I want to talk about what really was a guilty pleasure, but is now just a straight up pleasure. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about the uh, totally inconsequential, but always a good time, Miley Cyrus tune, Party in the USA. And a Britney song with
sure the hell is a party in the USA. It's a party. I mean, <laughs> this song really came out in that moment when Miley was transitioning from Disney to Dirty. Yeah. <laughs> dirty. I'm right? like Christina. Disney to Dirty. <laughs> Um, it was her, uh, it was on the Time of Our Lives album, and I think it was the first track, it was the lead single. Mm -hmm. Sorry, not the first track, but the lead single from the album. Yeah. Yeah, and, um, I just remember the moment being, I think it was the Teen Choice Awards, is that right? Um, when, do you know what I'm talking about? When she came out and performed this song one of the first times? I didn't follow Miley until she cut her hair. I didn't really follow her per se, but I remember somehow watching this. Um, this was this would have been two thousand nine. Um, and anyway, she comes out and there's this trailer, and she comes out of the trailer and starts singing the song, and it's like, oh, this is a this is interesting, different Miley, okay. And um, and all of a sudden, there's an ice cream cart that's in the front and has a big pole on it, oh and so God. she jumps on this, and she's <laughs> by the way sixteen years old. Yeah, yeah. And so she starts, you know being pushed around stage on a pole and it was really interesting yeah <laughs> to see how people reacted to what was suggestive but not necessarily explicit um totally it was it was an interesting moment but all of that aside in her own sort of you know teenage adolescent you know fits going on um it's legitimately a really great song it's really well composed written and produced but or not produced but written by Jesse J i think produced by Dr, Dr. Luke, Luke. yeah um which well <laughs> there you go. Um, but written by Jesse J, which is just phenomenal. I think Jesse Wright had a, you know, considered it for her own album and thought it wasn't edgy enough. And funnily, funnily, um, whatever, Miley also thought it was a little bit too clean sort and simple. Yeah, yeah, for her own stuff. Um, but then ended up being a huge hit for her. And now, I mean, this is this is synonymous with, you know, July 4th. Unfortunately, it's also been used in some, I think, moments where there was some rough news going on. I, I know there was some controversy because this was played a lot after Osama bin Laden was um, caught and and murdered. Uh-huh. Killed. What's yeah. the word? Assassinated. Assassinated. I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so it's just, it's that weird patriotic uh, totally. thing where, yeah. I don't know. I had I to be honest with you, I didn't really care for this song ever. I think it's annoying. Oh my god. I think I think that I, something about her and like it, it felt like she was like the next Hillary Duff. Hillary Duff aged out, you know, and it was like this was the next one and she could sing and dance like better than Hillary Duff, so she was the better one and then mm. she aged out and then she went and had her teen rebellion. You know what I mean? And I and I did agree with Jesse J. I wouldn't have chose the song for my album. This is just me personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love Miley Cyrus now yeah. but I just feel like the rattling off of seeming of like mundane sort of like banal is that the right word like banal banal you know <laughs> song titles and crap like that like, well you know what's it, funny about that she says she never heard a Jay-Z she song. never right exactly so it's sort of like meh whatever but that's why like at this teen choice performance she didn't actually sing Jay-Z she changed it to Michael oh really mm-hmm. oh okay um yeah and when she performed it live that time she uh she changed it to Britney and Michael um and Nothing wrong with Jay-Z, obviously, but she clearly didn't know his stuff. (laughs) Um, I clearly wasn't a Miley fan. However, this song, again, like I said, it was sort of one of those things where it caught, it catches your ear, and then I've just, uh, I don't know, I've enjoyed it, it's grown on me, and now I unapologetically listen to it, and um, it was featured in Pitch Perfect, and... (laughs) It's a great moment, that movie. And um, I don't know, it's a blast. Well, I have one of my own admittedly Disney kid moments on my list from uh, an arguably manufactured group. Actually, not arguably, but blatantly manufactured group. But I happen to love them. They've made a return. The name of the group is The Party. And the name of the song is Salute to Summer. Summertime. 
Have you heard this? I I, I, I definitely have heard it when you when you shared it, but I, I didn't remember. Yeah, all. for some reason it's been pulled off iTunes recently, but it came on iTunes at about like uh, 2014. Um, they, they've been getting back together, at least the four of them, without Tiffany Hale. So the story with these guys is... They were Mickey Mouse Club, They right? were Mickey Mouse Club, folks. N- MMC needed a breakout star. New Kids on the Block was huge at the time. And so they assembled this band called The Party, and they had this fake naming contest where they're like, we need a name, except they already had it, to get everybody involved. And they were playing their videos. So this is where they came up with this sort of Disney marketing machine of like sort of telling you that you loved people before they actually really hit it Existed. big. Right, exactly. Yeah. And they've got all these videos and concerts with like screaming kids except like By the way, that is like marketing 101. Totally, totally, yeah. totally. I don't know, but something about about Disney makes me like have a little bit of a grudge or whatever. Except that I don't because I love them because they were like a a multicultural United Colors of Benetton like hip hop dancing like group that was like they're 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 we're getting producers like Stephen Bray who produced for Madonna, and then later on we got Dr. Dre, we got um, New Jack Swing coming out with their with their second album Free. Um, Teddy Riley, you know, so they were employing like up to date producers, and they're actually really good vocalists. Like Dee Dee Magno, mm-hmm. she's the voice of Pearl on Steven Universe right now, the cartoon. Oh, wow. But she also was on the tour of Wicked, where she met her husband. Mm-hmm. So she's like a oh, she was in um, Miss Saigon. She's an amazing Broadway singer. Um, you know, uh, Chase Hampton is an alternative vocalist, and he's a he's a music teacher. And then you've got Albert Fields, who is a soulful you know R and B singer. Um, Tiffany Hale was was beautiful, a beautiful singer in her own right, but she actually didn't come back for this reunion for this track. And then Damon Pampolina, who was like my like childhood boyfriend. I had such a crush on this guy. They're always like dancing and rapping, and he was just the epitome of everything. I love I that loved. you know all these people. I literally like have never I think never heard of them. <laughs> um, never paid attention to them. I do think what's interesting is how you just have all of these. Um, you know, teen bands essentially reuniting and how much nostalgia these days is selling hardcore. Well, right. And what better time of year than the summer to celebrate Completely. such nostalgia? And that's actually how they got their first, their first big hit was, um, what was it called? Summer Vacation. Mm-hmm. That was like their big, their big hit. So it was kind of like a return to form. They also, they also had a dance hit with In My Dreams. They did it on Club MTV. Downtown Julie, Julie Brown introduced them and everything. So that's like, I freaked out when I saw them on Club. Because <laughs> Club MTV was everything to me back in the yeah. day. So anyway, the song is Salute to Summer. It's a fun little, you know, celebration. Um, you can catch it on YouTube. It's really difficult to find physical copies of their music these days. But if you can catch it on YouTube, it's a blast. I love that. Party, perhaps? Unapologetically. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm down for the party. Invite right. me. Well, I'll have my party in the USA, and you can have your salute to summer. <laughs> and we'll keep, on, keep it on. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to shift gears and bring up somebody that we haven't talked about in a little bit. Um, but I think this is such a, uh, again, one of those sort of island summer songs that sets you in the mood. And uh, I want to talk about La Isla Bonita. Tropical, the island breeze, all of nature wild and free. This is where I love to be, La Isla Bonita. And when the sun will play, the sun would set so high, ring through my ears and sting my eyes. Your Spanish lullaby. Yay, Madonna! Yay, it's been a while. Yeah, this is a great song. I love it. Totally from True Blue. So why'd you? 
what's the story? What made you choose this? Um, you know, maybe it's because I fantasize sometimes about a Latin man or two. <laughs> um, but there's something about the, the 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 Latin influence that makes me think of summer and romance and islands and um and, and a good time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think this song is fascinating because obviously Madonna is not Latina. Um, as much as she may want to be. For real. And I mean, she makes so much, throughout her career, she's made so many references. So the song has always been a mystery to me. It's like very successful. She always performs it on tour. Yeah. She clearly has a deep affinity for it. Um, it's very enjoyable. It feels very random. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Do you know the whole story about San Pedro, the island um, It's uh, uh, in Belize? Uh, th- this this song was actually offered to Michael Jackson for bad and well the um, track but not the lyrics the, the, right? the track the music. right yeah, yeah and Madonna yeah. happened to be staying in a California I think it was a California town also called San Pedro right um, uh, and she happened to be spending some time there and so she used that influence and also the track that she had been given to sort of m- like meld and create this track but now the island it's in the ambergris key or something like that that's officially taken the the unofficial name of like uh officially taken the unofficial name of la isla bonita oh really yeah 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 it's oh, wow. um it's in Belize in Belize and they're actually like marketing themselves as yeah that? it's like on the well, map you smart. see you see the name of the island and then you see it's La Isla Bonita all thanks to Madonna yeah yeah wow totally. that is that's power bravo <laughs> bravo Let's see she you gets things done she, <laughs> bitch gets things done um I also think it's funny that this is a very early example I think pretty early anyway of um of her using her you know opening voiceovers. Um, oh, the yeah. way she Speaking. loves to speak in that voice yeah. and give you a little intro. And um, she tried to carry on the Spanish thing, too, with Who's That Girl? Right. And I was like, okay, is she going to like always reference <laughs> Spanish now? But then she stopped. But, you know, have you? do you love the video for this, directed by Mary Lambert? Love the video for this. Ha- that look you... is iconic, that red dress. Totally, totally. Yeah. I think both of them are. Yeah, I think even right. that really plain subdued, you're used to seeing her in so much of a costume with the bright red lips and the, and the beauty mark and the shock of... of of, you know, blonde, blonde hair, platinum yeah. hair. You know, it wasn't the first single from the album. It was actually the fifth single. Um, the True Blue came out in 86, and this actually came out at 87. So it was toward the end of the album cycle. Yeah. She had already done, you know, the moosed up, open your heart look. And now all of a sudden, she's doing this slick back, really subdued. And I enjoyed, as I was researching the, the track, a lot of people that had written about this video had said that it was a juxtaposition between, like, the subdued and the controlled, the down, uh, like, the sort of understated um, Spanish woman upstairs with all the muted colors and, mm. like, sort of keeping a distance from from the action and the sexuality. It's a upstairs, downstairs story. Yeah, totally. Versus, like, in the street, on fire, yeah. sexual, like, literally fire candles, red, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, active uh, role that she plays, you know, the, the, the passionate side of Catholicism in the Spanish culture. And I thought that was really cool um, to be reading about that. Absolutely. I mean, I feel like that's such a Madonna... Um, exploration Mm -hmm. those topics totally and knowing her that was definitely on her mind like a hundred percent yeah definitely intentional i I think the other funny thing i love about this song is i remember um at the confessions tour and we're watching the confessions tour which i loved overall but the last um act if you will the last scene um the last look for her is at the end in this white unitard with these purple stripes on it that i just Mm -hmm. 
I thought on its own was sort of all right, but it was it, the whole thing felt kind of weird actually at the end. I love the rest of the tour except or the rest of the show mm-hmm. for that one thing. But anyway, she sings it to the end, and you can't help but laugh because <laughs> I don't know how recently you may have seen this, but she's basically like telling the audience to shake it and like getting all dancey, but she's literally in a white unitard, mm-hmm. skin and bones. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just yeah. there's something about the image that's I don't know. It made, it makes me laugh. I enjoy about the live performances, and again, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit sort of like intrigued by the fact that she does it every time, every if, time, as if it was her biggest or best song ever. And it's a nice, it's a great song. Does it deserve to be covered every single time? I don't know. I would argue maybe no. But I think it's cool how La Isla Bonita always, it, it turns into different islands almost. And I feel like for Confessions, it was almost Ibiza. Right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she gives it a different flair or a different sort of ethnic. She or maybe reinvented. Like, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. Oh, God. Uh, well, can I get on to my next one? Give it to can me. Can we go? Okay, here we go. I want to talk about, this is from one of my all-time favorite artists, uh, part of a trio, who then went on to do her own thing for a brief period. It's the first single from the album Supernova by Lisa Left. Lopez. The name of the song is The Block Party. I'm a big city girl, come on over the world, and I do what I wanna do. Right foot, left shoe, then you take it on down, then you shake it around. Bring it up, clap your hands, and you turn it all around. Isn't there a number two in there? There. Okay, so that's the one that's featured on Spotify. Oh. From It's from an EP called Raindrops in My Left Eye that her sister Raindrop put out like an after, like a posthumous Wait. album. I didn't know her sister's name was Raindrop. Yeah, her it's Raindrop. I like, don't know if that's real? her birth name okay. or if that's her taken name. Like Raindrop like, for, Lopez? Yeah, that's her. Yeah, And she looks strikingly like her. It's wow. kind of crazy. So I guess after, you know, recently she, maybe like two years ago, she assembled some outtakes and some remixes from her solo work. And this is one of the, 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 the incarnations of this track. Um, actually, originally the song was on her album Supernova, which came out in 2001. It got an international release, but they held back on it in the United States because there wasn't a huge response to it. Um, but it got a music video, and the original version of this song samples Drum Song by Earth, Wind, and Fire. It's a really cool, like, percussive. Um, percussive track from the album Open Our Eyes in 1974. Um, yeah, so I'm guessing Arista like pulled promotion after it didn't do all that well. Right. But it's a really cute video, and it's exemplary of everything that I loved about her. It's street, it's like homemade, it's funky, it's irreverent, it's futuristic. I love. I was gonna say I love the irreverence about the yeah. song. I mean, I don't I don't have a image of the video in my head, but just even the sound itself. It, what's fun is it's a li- it's silly without being um, a parody. Yeah, or that, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's got that. It's not afraid to have. Fun. Fun. And yeah. she was always, she was sassy. She was definitely the crazy one in TLC. But I That's feel true. like, you know, at, when all is said and done, we've seen what has happened since she's left the group. You know what I mean? Like the, the, the heart and the spirit kind of came out of them. It really did. You know, she really had a playfulness about her and a, a, an element of fun. You know what I mean? And everything that she did in the fashion and the rapping, the voice, you know, and her personality was just larger than life. Um yeah, yeah. Uh, Little Mama actually was featured on a remix um, of this track from the album I Legacy that was a compilation of like redone tracks from the album Supernova and also on a, a cancelled album that she was working on at the time when she died called Nina, N-I-N-A um, and that was on Death Row Records 
with Suge Knight, at, mm-hmm. you know, while she was still signed to TLC. But anyway, huh. all of these songs got re reworked and revamped for this album called I Legacy that came out shortly after her death. And Little Mama was featured on this track. And Little Mama was featured in the TLC yeah, movie that was a huge smash. Um, and also performed with them live. And if you ask me, I feel like she's one of the few people, you want to talk about a hip-hop artist that's got a lot of energy, you know, a really funky, crazy style, and it's a little bit misunderstood. Yeah. I felt like she fit in perfectly with that group, and I would have opened... I would have welcomed her with open arms to have melded in. You know, the, I thought just there was maybe uncannily. a plan for that. Was there I think not? there was at one point, and then something must have happened, or they must have found a naked picture of her, or something like that, and and it didn't wind up coming to fruition. We don't I feel know. Like T-Boz and Chili, there's something going on there. There's a there's they're a, a hard time. You said making it work. They just crowdsourced uh, the new album, so it, it should be coming out soon. But they Do they have a third? They, no, I don't think so. I don't know what the situation is going to be, but they basically basically kickstarted a new album and people like Katy Perry and Justin Timberlake uh, donated to the fund. Mm-hmm. So something is coming out and they just got off tour with like New Kids on the Block recently. Really? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Just, the two of just them. this past year. Yeah, yeah, with New Kids on the Block they played Madison Square Garden. Um, wow. So and it's I a totally that. different experience, but anyway, this song Do they the, throw her on the video maybe? They must do that. Like um, on the screen or well, something. Well, so this is another thing that I wanted to talk about with the video and the futurism is she appears as a hologram, left eye appears as a hologram in the video and there were talks at one point of her appearing as a hologram and doing these like kind of like Michael Jacksony type of hologram performances, but I guess that never that never wound up happening either. It's very they expensive. Do projections and they figure out creative ways of incorporating her into the fashion and the presence and sometimes there's animations or they'll play the track or you, you know yeah, of, her, yeah. of her rapping and, yeah. and leave a space for her it's really interesting and a really difficult scenario to continue something that's branded so definitively without her but I love this song the song makes me think of a neighborhood party I mean you know down the block I feel like you it know, feels like a block party. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like one. It does. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so there you go. The block party. Lisa Lefta Lopez. There you go. So what's next well, on the menu? I mean, I think, you know, just even bringing up the tragedy around her death, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about some of the, you know, the harder, uh, painful summer songs that we sometimes come across. And okay. One that really uh, struck a chord with me recently in recent years. Um is uh, Summertime Sadness by uh, Lana Del Rey and specifically the Cedric Gervais ones. Kiss me all before you go Summertime Sadness I just wanted you to know That baby Brendan, this song is so haunting. So haunting. Yeah. And I remember for a while you were trying to get me on Lana Del Rey. Yeah. Um, yep. And the truth is, I've still never really gone there and explored her work in any, you know, profound kind of way. Um, but this song in particular, and specifically the remix, I mean, as a ballad, it is really beautiful and haunting. But this remix, to me, feels like summer in that way where everything is sort of happening around you. And if you're in a rough spot, if you're in a bad place, um, you're, you're sort of at that 
that point where things contrast. It's that sort of dissonant kind yeah. of place where you're you're feeling you know you're feeling down and you're lo- and you're longing for something and then and everything else is sort of up here and happening and people are hanging out. I don't know. It's that thing that Robin is always writing yes, about. Exactly. That sort of sadness on the dance floor. Sadness type on the of dance thing, floor. Juxtaposing yeah. like like passion with like sadness and melancholy and like dancing, like the cathartic experience of dancing. And you know, there was not a club that you could go to um, without hearing this, like, no. you know, from 2012 on com- to, to now. I mean, yeah. it's like, it's going to be on every summer in P-Town. It feels very timeless. Totally. Well, yeah, and I love that that's what she was going for. She said when she was beginning her musical career, she was looking for a community of people that were into create, like, being artists, kind of like a Warholian Where'd she come from? type of, type of uh, situation. That's a good question. I don't know where she's coming from. Interesting. Um, I, think- I know that Cedric Gervais is, he's French. And mm-hmm. he was huge in Paris before he moved to South Beach, uh, Miami. So that could be a reason why we're getting such a, such an interesting juxtaposition with this like club like f- wall of sound that we're getting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it does feel very Miami. Oh, extremely, extremely. I think it's also interesting the little bit of like the queer content of the video. Yeah, right. Totally. Um, with Jamie King, is that is that right? Is it Jamie King? I'm not sure. Yeah, Jamie King, because I think um, Jamie King's husband directed it. Okay. Yeah, Kyle. It's a beautiful video. It's very, it's difficult because they they begin by both killing themselves. Yeah. Because of the love, I guess, that they can't share or something like that. And then we live their memories throughout the rest of the video. In a very, um, in a very sort of filtered, uh sort of social media kind of way. Totally. Well, yeah. yeah. So the remix has even more filter. Yeah. Than the ballad version. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. And, um... It's from the album Born to Die. I just want to mention that uh, it's a fourth single from that album. Okay. So she had been going strong up until that point, and then this just completely blew up. But my favorite uh, track from that album is a track called Diet Mountain Dew, mm. um, and it uses the same sample of Friends by Houdini. Uh, it, you know that song If I Ruled the World by uh, Nas and Lauren Hill? Yeah. It's got the same, Diet Mountain Dew has the same sort of background. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and so I, she's really done a lot to sort of revive trip hop. Mm-hmm. revive the, the genre which was really big toward the end of the 90s um, these sort of like murky down tempo old soul record sampling tracks um, with kind of like a, a yearning or like a crooning female vocalist on top of them a la Everything But The Girl who I completely love or like albums like Massive Attack they're these large gigantic atmospheric tracks that really just they take you to a place sonically yeah yeah um, and she is really really like sort of single-handedly bringing that genre back. Now, Janae, is she still Janae Aiko is really, really more work. Oh right yeah, now, yeah. She's has a couple albums since then. One, one album was called uh, Ultra Violence. Okay, um, and I think there's another album since then. I'm not, I'm not completely sure, but I think it came out in 2014. Um, but they're all critically acclaimed, all critically lauded. I just checked um, my notes. She's born and raised in New York. Okay, yeah. So there you go. There you go. Um, what was I going to say? She, the other real quick thing I want to say about the whole, you know, the thing about this song having some lesbian queer content, is there something also about the summertime and, and that as well? Sexual and, experimentation? Yeah. Well, I was thinking about, um, this isn't on our list, but I was thinking about Demi Lovato's Cool for the Summer. Oh. Um, you know that song? No, I don't. You don't? I don't think I do, but describe well, it. The whole song is, um, 
me. It's called Cool for the Summer. Mm-hmm. And it's basically about her, like, hitting it with a girl for the summer. It's cool for the summer. Like, it's sort of like I kissed a girl and I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, I'm not really a lesbian, but I'm going to do this for a minute. And, um... I don't know what There's the message so of that is, There's so many social kind of weird messages with <laughs> yeah, that. Totally. You know what I mean? Like, might be a good thing, like, in kind of a perfect world where we, we all have equal rights and where everything is completely cool exactly. and nonviolent. But there are some implications about, like, sort of pretending. But right. I, I will say open-minded. Demi Lovato is certainly very pro-LGBT causes. Yeah. Um, I think she considers so she herself gets an a advocate. Pass. Do we give her a pass? I don't know, I don't know if she gets a pass. I haven't mm. studied the work. to to have an informed opinion i just think it's interesting that there's something about summertime and 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 girl on girl fun girl on girl fun well speaking of girl on (laughs) does that inspire you i mean a little bit it's a weird segue but (laughs) the next song that i have is by a girl okay um it's by her sophomore album unexpected from 2007 this is a third single the name of the song is feel like making love On this one, though, I think she's making love to a man. I agree. I know. So it was a really loose segue. We're talking about Luma D, by the way. Um, Luma D. You might remember Luma from her, her like debut single called Uh Oh. Um, I don't know how many people are going to remember her, Vicky. Yeah, I know. Well, that, you know, that, as soon as that Uh Oh beat comes, a boom, boom, yes, boom, like you know who that song. You're completely right. You completely. Know I think that it's song. true with this song too. I don't know if you said feel like making love featuring Shaggy. People are going to immediately know, and then they're going to hear it, and they're going to be like, "Oh, that's totally, totally." Well, yeah, and as it happens, it's a remake. It was originally a Roberta Flack song from 1974, and it, it's about walking in the park, watching winter turn this turn to spring. And on this album, she. Uh, she shows a lot larger of a, a range of talents. She can sing. She can rap. Not the best at either, but I just have to say that I love this song. Um, the atmosphere, again, that it creates. Yeah. I, I, a while back, I went, to, um, I went on a summer trip to New Orleans, and it was just magical. The sun setting and the music floating on the air, you know, walking around the city, not worried about it, but like with a, like a drink in my hand mm-hmm. and hearing bands like walking down the street and jazz music just floating on the warm air. And there's this feeling of romance in the air. And this track takes me there. The muted uh, trumpet that comes in as the, as the uh, choruses start to swell, um, they almost sound like they're sighing. And it's, it's, it's something that I feel it, it's like the music reverberates in my body so powerfully it can bring me to tears. Just listening to this song. I know. Really? I, I feel can, like making love. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, wow. it's, there's something so precious and tender about the moment where, like, you know, like Simba and Nala looking at, at, in each other's eyes as they realize that they're going to, you know, make it's love. from The Lion King. From The Lion King. Right. <laughs> and I, I don't even like The Lion King, but I'm just giving you an example of that moment. There's something so wonderful and spiritual about that moment. Um, this is why I love people because like for me when I hear this song I really mostly just hear Shaggy yeah yeah. you know what and it, it also has to do with the way like, that I feel about reggae too and we course. can talk a little bit about that I do yeah. have some more reggae twinged um, yeah. songs on the on this sheet but there's there's a heart and a soul and a beauty um, in reggae 
um, in, in the islands that I, I, I can't put my finger on it, but it's something so wonderful and beautiful about the melody and about the, the chord changes. And I can't get over the sound of these trumpets sort mm-hmm. of sighing um, underneath underneath the like the soft melody that Lumity is singing in this song that just really just take me there completely amateur. So two thoughts. A number one... Mm-hmm. I feel like it's really striking how much Lumadee's vocal reminds me of Jennifer Lopez. Sure. Um, especially on this track in particular. Sure. Um, I could sort of just, you know, close my eyes and like, uh, it very much feels like uh, it could be J-Lo. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's no shade, uh, but it, it just... It, but it could a be a reason why she doesn't have softness. any more albums since then. It could be. Um, the other thing I was going to say, just about your sort of affection for reggae and the, and the sound, I, I think... I totally get where you're coming from, and I and I think there's a lot of beauty there. I, for me, it's hard to step away from some of the politics of some of the aggression around that music, particularly towards gay people in Jamaica. Um, and yeah, and especially in Jamaica. And it's not that everybody who you know uh, who creates in that you know genre has those feelings or beliefs, but it definitely is one of those sounds where it's hard for me not to be a little bit on guard when I hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, well, maybe that's one of the reasons. I mean, maybe that's a subconscious reason why I'm so attracted to it because mm-hmm. it's that conflict right there that, that that life conflict that it brings me right up face to face with. You know, you what like I mean? sitting in conflict. Well, no, I, not necessarily, but it pulls it pulls on my heartstrings. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Of and and it, maybe it speaks to me of an impossible love or a, a, a you know mm-hmm. a, a twinge of wanting to be accepted yeah. wrapped up in there also. But also, you have to you have to hope and pray that the people that are making music music and and their messages in in their music that it that when boiled down to whatever their essential elements are that they apply to everybody you know what i mean like sort of forgive them father they know not what they do type of thing sure you know like you can't create a piece of music or a piece of art that's this beautiful and have that amount of of hate in your heart i I like to believe at least when i'm listening and Mm -hmm. it's not something i actively engage when i'm listening to it but i'm just saying maybe that's based in there yeah you know what i mean no, I think so, that's totally true. There you go. That's my little analysis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what else you got for me, babe? Well, um, I've been I've been visiting some icons. We talked about Madonna a little bit. I want to double back to another icon we've covered in the past episode and um, talk about one of my favorites, uh, Mariah Carey, and specifically the Daydream track, Always Be My Baby. such a good song this is such a good song I mean I love the Daydream album because it's like the album for mid-tempo gold totally Um, and it's very nostalgic all super I mean hearkening back to old soul called Daydream yep Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I think it was uh, 
uh, written by Mariah, of course, with Jermaine Dupree and Manuel Seal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, what I think is really fun about this, and I can't separate myself from when I listen to it, is the video. To mm-hmm. me, and I don't mean the remix video. So there's the video video yeah, and, and the, the remix, remix video. video. The video video mm-hmm. was shot at Camp Mariah, yeah. um, which, of course, as a kid, it was not meant for kids like me. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, I always wanted to go. You just want to go there. Oh, my totally. God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> totally. It's, uh, it, 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 is it... It, does it, it does it benefit the Fresh Air Fund or it's in partnership with the Fresh Air Fund? It's I forget at, how that okay. Works. So it's at, it's on Sharp Reservation, which is a Fresh Air Fund sort of reservation. Right. So it's like an in partnership. Yeah. So you, and yeah. and her Camp Mariah, it's a three and a half week summer opportunity for these kids. Yeah. So it's sort of like Camp Mariah is like a three week gig that pops at, up at right. this location. Right. And so and, and basically it's let's bring kids from New York City. Um, it's giving them an opportunity who probably wouldn't have a chance to go to camp, mm-hmm. even get out of the city at all, and during the summertime. And they and, do lots of career exploration things yeah. and job oriented stuff. It's and really cool. Sort of look at what does the future still go might on? look like. I'm not sure. I'm sure. I, I bet it does. I though. hope so. I bet it does. Um, anyway, the video's there. She's on a tire swing over a lake, and she's <laughs> um, you know swinging around in her way, um, posed, of course, and uh, <laughs> and and watching these watching these kids sort of. Have have a, a summer, an innocent summer fling. Innocence, yeah. And it feels very innocent and yeah. um, kind of charming. And obviously the song is sort of about, um, is taking a look backward. It's knowing that whatever uh, the relationship she's talking about is going to end one day as so many do, but that this person always, you know, has a piece of her heart. Yeah. Which is just a very sweet message. Yeah, I, I love it. And she looks, you know, not to boil a woman down to her, you know, physical appearance. All right, which Trump. Is a, <laughs> which is a faux pas. But she just looks so wonderful in the video. She just looks so fresh and happy in the video. She really feels fresh like, air, Mariah. Yeah, she's in her. She's kind of in her element. She she makes jokes about how there's all of these videos of her romping, like in you know in nature and things like that. And she's like, God, not another, not another mountaintop or another field, you know. But it really, I don't know. There's something about witnessing a person in that in that element that's very refreshing and. Totally. This song feels like a summer night to me. It also really reminds me of a sweet memory of um, when I was a kid. This came out um, right as I was, uh, I think I must have been finishing elementary school when the song came out. And I remember it was um, one of those crossovers where it would play on like the top 40 station and also it would play on the soft rock station at the same time. And I remember I would always listen to the soft rock station when I was a kid. It was, um, what's that? It was number one on, on Hot 100 and on Hip Hop R&B. Interesting. So it do, it was it did cross genres. a lot. Yeah, a lot of her music did cross a lot of genres, especially and it was in the specifically 90s. designed that way. Not for nothing with the remixes and, sure, and things but, like that. But, but what I was gonna say is anyway, I remember driving to school with my stepdad, and we mm-hmm. would put on uh, we would put on this song, and it was always like a little a little piece of home in the car ride with me. Yeah, that's yeah. fierce. Yeah. Um, do you have a Mariah song to, to counter that? I Mariah? do have a quick counter to your Mariah moment. It's a little a bit later counter. on, but it's from E equals MC squared from 2008, and you know that was just a list of smashes from that album. Uh, the name of the track is Cruise Control. Yeah. Turn to the right, okay, so slow. 
girl did she extract every <laughs> possible every entendre, entendre. <laughs> she sucked that metaphor that's dry. why I loved it that's why I loved it and you know I, I came to love this song as I was working aboard the cruise ship so it a cruise ship so it had even more of like a a, a meaning to me I just think it's such a fun little blast it gives you that reggae flavor I, again, you were talking about honey I've got reggae tracks for days we could talk all day we could do a whole show of reggae you just wouldn't know what to do um but yeah, and I love the line too. She says, "So many sagas, six baby mamas." And the funny thing is, is she's collaboing with Damien Junior Gong Marley, who is one of Bob Marley's sons. Yeah. And Bob Marley has seven baby mamas with a total of eleven children, biological and adopted. So I think it's hilarious that she's evoking that yeah. as she's singing this song. Um, so just to run down, notably Ziggy and Steven are both reggae musicians and Rohan is a football player who has five children by Lauren Hill. Um, and then this guy, Junior Gong, um, he's worked with Gwen Stefani on the song Now That You Got It, the hybrid remix from The Sweet Escape. Uh-huh. Um, he's worked with artists like Skrillex, Cypress Hill, and Sean Paul. And he's collaborated several times with Nas. And his name is actually a take on Bob Marley's nickname, Tough Gong. So, wow. I don't know, but he's, so he's got several of his kids working in the music business. Yeah. Um, well, and an know, empire. Just, it's totally, you know, and, and rightfully so. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's wrote the book on, on reggae as we now know it. So, um, going back to her, I love this period because it was such a weird, like, loud and proud moment for her where she was just like, no filter cray cray. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> well, because <laughs> emancipation gave her the permission. It did. We she emancipated was back her and she was and, like, and she said, jams. And she said this was, for, for those of you who don't know, and I don't even think we talked about this strange album when we had our Mariah episode. Probably not. It was such a weird one. Yeah. But the title is, I met Chick, if you've ever wondered, oh yeah, uh-huh. if you've ever wondered the title is, and we said this before, it's, Emancipation of Mariah Carey to the second power. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just can't. I don't know. <laughs> She's our baby. She'll always be our She'll baby. She'll always be our baby. Okay, do another one. Can I do another yeah. one? Okay, well, if we're going to keep on the reggae tip, and I you know, I brag a lot about my reggae, I want to do another one. The reggae also, what? Uh, on the reggae tip. Tip. On the reggae tip. With a P. Yeah. I thought you said something else. No, girl. Okay. I'm not sucking from the teat of reggae. That's another thing. Okay. <laughs> This song is another guilty pleasure. The first single from the album Paris in 2006. The name of the song is Stars Are Blind. here with you. <laughs> this is another one of those like happy songs that really takes me there. Really? Yeah, the chorus, the way the chorus swells, I can't I can't get over it. I I listen, I'm as I'm as little of a Paris Hilton fan as you are. I I think this is one of those albums where you're expecting it to be really bad and it almost gets an extra star because it wasn't as bad as you thought it was going to be. And she worked with a lot of cool producers. But you would really put this on. Like, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I really like this song. I'm feeling pop reggae. I don't know. And I really like the chorus. It definitely sits in that that world. Yeah. And, you know, the, the video is so tacky and terrible. It's totally like, um, it's totally like Here to Eternity meets Wicked Game and like Britney's Don't Let Me Be the Last to Know. It's like a black and white photo shoot and she's rolling around with like a hot guy on the beach and it's like 
okay, we could have, you know, like we could have taken it to another <laughs> level. Could we have? <laughs> Probably not. But I, I think it's also a little bit reminiscent of The Tide is High by Blondie. Um, and I really enjoyed that Fernando uh, Garibay, who up until that point was working with Enrique Iglesias, like he helped write the song. Um, and he, later he wrote Dance in the Dark and like the whole Born This Way album with Lady Gaga. And I, I like his stuff. I'm, I, I, I yeah. can't lie. So I, I don't know. I like this song. So, no, you know, it's, you it's, can say what you want. I'm not saying any, I'm not <laughs> saying it's bad. I totally think there's people who like this song. I mm-hmm. think it's not. I think she's not impressive, but that's not the point. I think as a song without her, it, it stands up. Yeah. But I would say that like you don't vibe Party in the USA. I don't vibe it's stars or blind. It's true, right? And it all, it just comes down to what you like and what your preferences are. <laughs> Doesn't it always? <laughs> oh my God. You want to start? Oh my God. All right. S- so we got to do stop. one classic. I need okay. to do a classic. Okay, go. Um, yeah. And this is a little bit of a different genre, which is why I want to throw it out there real quick. But I want to give a quick shout out to um, Los Angelina herself, Cheryl Crow, and Soap of the Sun. And I'm so glad that you came out with us. Yeah, released March 2002. Mm-hmm. It's been 14 years. <laughs> but it's the anthem, and it's it, on every year. It's a total anthem. Um, did you know there were backing vocals by Liz Fair? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, it was a huge hit. And uh, it even had a, its own little remix. It's gotten some club play. So that's kind of fun. Well, one thing I noticed about this song and this album is there's like hints of electro, which was just starting to, it was starting to really break into pop music. Oh, the album was like, called Come On, Come On. Come On, Come On. Right. Um, the, the drum loops at the beginning and things like that. Um, I think that it's it's cool that she managed to work it in because she's such a, a guitar-y, sort of like real legit music type of person. Totally. Um, she's also getting real political in this moment. This is the whole Iraq war yeah. Moment. Yeah. This was a cool album. She collaborated with Lenny Kravitz and Stevie Nicks, Don Henley, and Natalie Maines from Dixie Chicks. And yeah. she also did a, a duet with Gwyneth Paltrow on this album, too. So it was sort of like she was having her own little Carlos Santana, like um, Jack of All Trades type of moment with this yeah. album. I saw her live last year at an event. It was like a, a private event. And um, I, I would say what's cool about her is that like she really is. You know, what you see is what you get. I mean, mm. there's no pretense. She's uh, she's a talent. I don't think she's a real stadium singer or performer. Mm. Um, but she is the ultimate sort of, you know, what you expect of a sort of an L.A. West Coast uh, chill, relaxed vibe. Yeah. but And talented. Mm-hmm. And talented. Yeah, yeah. Well, that sounds like a soundtrack to my summer. Yeah. And it's great. And you think about driving the car. I don't really know the full story with the lyrics to the beginning of this song, the whole thing about her friend, the communist and this, that, the other. I've never Mm -hmm. really, uh, frankly, researched researched (laughs) it. I just love the chorus. Um, Chorus, chorus, chorus. Mm -hmm. Um, And what was I going to say? The other fun thing with this one is 
when I was working at a theme park with you, uh, we used to, with my, the cast of my show, we would warm up to this song and we would do a mashup with You Are My Sunshine. Oh, yeah. Um, and we used to love doing that. that all the time. That's yeah. so cute, Brandon. So lots of, lots of nostalgia for uh, Soak Up the Sun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've got another nostalgic song. I know we're kind of winding down, we're right? We're winding down, we're but winding I, down. I don't want summer to end. I know, it's true. Endless summer. Well, okay. Well, we, we've got another option. Okay. We can head to the park along with D-Light. Um, I want to drop the first single from their album, Dewdrops in the Garden, from 1994. The name of the track is Picnic in the Summertime. Oddball song, I know. Totally oddball. This is also this is their from their last album, right? From their last album that they did yeah. together, yeah. 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 I'm such a huge fan of D-Light. I can't say enough about them. I, it's sad that we've only mentioned them once so far since we've been doing this show together. That is kind of weird. Yeah. But uh, it, it's tough to work them in because they are so they transcend genres. They're, they're, an album, they're a group that was really born out of the early 90s w- with a sample-heavy kind of a, a funk bass. But then the, the face of music really changed. And they, they were at first very political. Um, well, I was going to say, that's what was also different about this one is that, is that it was really this album was a departure from what they'd become known for. Totally, totally. Yeah. And it turned a little bit more inward and a little bit more spiritual and they were making juxtapositions between sort of DJs being gurus and, and uh, like the dance floor being a religious experience and sort of, you know, they had gone to places like the Hopi, De- uh, the Painted Desert and, mm-hmm. you know, the Hopi Reservation and, and gone on, on all kinds of spiritual journeys and also probably with some new added members maybe done a few hallucinogens themselves. Sure. And so, you know, which was associated with electronic dance music at that time. Raving was really big over in Europe and it came over to the United States. Happenings and things like that. So their their tastes really changed and we got this sort of like this mix of funk and this electronic dance house music from them that was really, you couldn't put a label on it. One of the tracks of their album is called What Do You Call This Music? Um, yeah, and so this song is basically, I mean, it, to me, it, the video, if you watch the video, it's like taking E and then going to the park and rolling around. That's <laughs> and, hilarious. And looking at dewdrops, literally dewdrops in the garden. That's so um, funny. With, you know what I, when I listen to this song, I, I really, this is the song to me where I just picture the windows rolled down, cruising down, you know, a main drag at about three miles an hour. Mm-hmm. That's what this song sounds like Well, yeah, like and you hear the, the, the bleeping of the uh, the car alarm at the beginning. Yeah. And it's such a, a party song in, like, in the same vein as Summertime by Jazzy Jeff exactly. and the Fresh, the Fresh yeah. Prince. Especially with that sort of bottle clinking uh, rhythmic element that I love, that percussive. Whenever you add that to a song, I'm sold. I'm there. Anyway, this was their sixth, and I believe, uh, sixth number, oh, they had six number one dance singles. Um, on the Billboard charts. From this album? Um, no, no, no. no in, over- in total. God. Overall. I was um, like, whoa. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. And I also enjoyed all uh, her rap style. She she started adopting this rap style, Lady Kier. It's like a spoken spoken word, a verse delivery over these down-tempo tracks from the album that kind of reminded me of Michelle Visage when she was working with uh, Soul to Soul, mm-hmm. um, like from the Bodyguard soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Allegedly, she did a whole album with Soul to Soul, very much within that 
that style and she was um, marketing herself as a rapper myself where are the masters for that yeah i know right oh my god i want it but and so i'm like which came first lady keir rapping or michelle visage rapping because they sound very much the same right they sound very similar or maybe I, they are both just organically coming organically that arrived moment. at that moment yeah. they were both just had the finger on the pulse of what was going on anyway i think the song's a blast it and it blast. does remind me of like you know chilling at the park yeah. or hanging at the pool so yeah it's like uh, yeah totally. a blast <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we should close out with the way everyone likes to end their summer. Yeah! And that's with a dive in the pool. <laughs> so I've got a little proposal to make to each and every one of you here tonight. I think it's time that we all go dive in the pool. Y'all want to go dive in the pool? With the one and only Barry Harris. Um, who even knew that, like, Barry Harris did this song? Mark Barry. I don't know. I didn't um, realize that he was half of the production team with Chris Cox um, that the, from Thunderpuss. Tell me about He's it. He's half of Thunderpuss. Thunderpuss did the legendary remixes of It's Not Right But It's Okay by Whitney. Um, he did that remix of All For You by Janet where there's that crazy, like, electro totally. thing that happens at the No, at I the know peak. Thunderpuss. I just yeah. didn't really realize who he was. Yeah, he's half of the production sense, team though. with Chris Cox. And huh. And this was on the Queer's Folk soundtrack, Well, right? right. And this is what got all the attention from Queer's Folk. Oh, I'm such an idiot. I oh. have right here in my notes the Thunderpuss stuff. Okay. Clearly it didn't re- it didn't sink in. That's all good. That's all Thunderpuss good. is bigger for some people than it is for <laughs> others. I had a friend who was a DJ back in Massachusetts who was obsessed and we called him Thunderpuss. Really? And li- so literally like I, mean, I have an encyclopedic. Yeah, well it, and also the music is really good. I was it's saying, I mean, ridiculous. How many good. remixes in your catalog are Thunderpuss remixes? Totally. Tons. I mean everybody that had a maxi single from like 2000 to like 2005 had a ton- Thunderpuss remix. Yeah. You know. Um he also produced though for like Taylor Dane, Donna Summer, all sorts of people. What I think is amazing is the vocalist. Pepper Mache. Pepper Mache. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. And her extensive list of session singing that she has done. Insane. Her albums that she's done. Here we go. Lenny Kravitz, Cher, Michael Bolton, Gladys Knight, Celine Dion, Olivia Newton-John, Tina Turner, Ray Charles, Steve Perry, Julio Iglesias, Cece Winans, Tiffany, Bob Dylan, Aaron Neville, Neville Sherry Crow, Cheryl Crow, just like everybody. Yeah. And, and more. So many more people. No, it's insane. It's insane. But this song is a blast. I mean, how how many, I mean, literally, you hear this still all the time mm-hmm. at the Every gay club. Constantly. Yeah. And, um... And everyone just goes nuts. Yeah. It's, there's no party like this. I mean, <laughs> And it can include a drag queen on stage, sweating it out and stamping her feet, like, let's get talking white. Yeah. Or not. Or it not. doesn't have to. There no. Can be, there can be flags, there can be rollerbladers, there can be whatever, or there can just be people jumping up and down. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it totally always, like, jumps off when this song comes on. It gets It's crazy. the repetition, right? It's that, boop, boop, Totally. Boop, and it's boop, the, boop. yeah, it's that, it's the dramatic, you know, talking to the crowd, um, yeah. telling you what to do and getting you pumped up and uh you know and all the and all the um innuendo and entendre well and also the fact that it was associated with such a culturally significant show queer as folk totally um you know it was probably one of our most significant entertainment events you know of our time and i love how every episode of that show always culminated with a celebration at babylon yeah Uh, have you ever been there fly in toronto have you ever been to that club 
I don't know if I ever went. It's awesome. Yeah. One time I went, uh, back to back, they had a Madonna night where they uh-huh. just played everything Madonna. And then the next night they did a Janet night so where they just played everything Janet and like obscure stuff and everything. I think somehow when I spent time in Toronto, I was at the strip club the whole time. I had fun <laughs> at the strip club too. That's oh, a no, different I... episode. We could do an episode of all songs that are great to strip to. <laughs> oh my really God. Great. Let's write it oh down. God. Okay. Oh, this summer we need Hilarious. to go to some more strip clubs. Yeah, before it, it before it ends. I don't want the summer that ends. <laughs> Me neither. Um, oh. Okay, so wait. As we wrap this up, I mean, yeah. look, summer jams again. They're just they're a lot of fun. Even the sad ones, I think, are you know, um, are they, they still capture this sort of carefree kind of uh, season and spirit? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, where you're just sort of letting it go. Yeah. Um, is there is there one ultimate of the ones you've named today that really is your your summer tune of the ones that I've named today yeah. you know I'm gonna say it but you, it's the feel like making love song it's, yeah. the, it's that you know there's such an emotional connection that I have to feeling free with my body during the summer feeling warm feeling comfortable laying in you know like in the pool and just absorbing all of that love you know I really feel it when I hear that song so, absolutely there you well, go work it out um, let's feel like making love for real though <laughs> Alright, we'll see you on the flip side. Alright, sounds good. Bye, Bye y'all. If you like our show, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts are hot. And if you really like our show, we'd love a rating and a review. You can find us on Twitter at Back on Track Show, as well as Facebook, Instagram, and all of your favorite ways of time. <laughs> we love to hear from you. Don't forget to follow us on Spotify and check out all of our Mixtape playlists. And if you're outraged that your favorite track didn't make the list, visit us at www.backontrackshow.com and let us have it. You know, we'll tell you what we think, honey. All right, we're done. Peace.